Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our little green pasture. Praise the Lord. It's always so good to be here, and I'm glad you're here. And I know in my heart, if you're watching this, it's most likely the Lord has brought you here. Because really, you're not here to hear from me. I'm just a little blade of grass. I'm just reflecting his glory. But he knows that you're looking for him. He knows that you do have ears to hear. And even if you're struggling and you're wondering about life and things of this world and all the rest, my prayer is that he opens your ears today to hear his voice. Because you know why? His sheep hear him because they know his voice and they will not recognize the voice of another. In fact, they'll flee from it. And so I pray that you will hear his voice even though I'm talking, but something in the things I'll be saying, because I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to follow him as much as possible. But he's very clear in the things that he wants me to say to you today. And so I go in the power of the Lord. I go in the faith of Jesus Christ with all my springs being in him. And that you will be fortified after this message that you'll be strengthened with all might in your inner man. Amen. So, Father in heaven, I come before you with a humble heart as your daughter, as your servant. And I ask you, Lord, to fill up this message with your presence and that you will lead me, this little clay vessel, Lord, I bow before you. Let your living waters flow out and flood. Your word says that he that is thirsty, you said you will send those showers. You said you will even cause floods to be upon the dry ground. And I pray that everybody who's listening, Lord, who is living on dry ground and is thirsty and is weary, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will give them thirst. That you, uh, uh, that you will quench their thirst with your waters and that you speak to them and lead me. Like I said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I pray you have the preeminence and that, Lord, at this moment now, I lay down all at your feet, surrendering it all, including myself. I yield myself to you, spirit, soul and body and commit everything to you. I pray you move out into the front now and I will re remove to behind you. I'll follow you. And now, Lord, touch the hearts of every hearer and breathe upon them. O breath of life in Jesus name. Amen. You know, I was thinking about I, I'm 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 entitling this message today the steady persevering work of the unseen you know we really do have to live a double life in a way <laughs> if i may use that term we have this outward life right and where you are in your life whatever you're doing whatever your lot is in life you're doing that you have obligations you have duties whatever that may be and at the same time 
there's the inward life, the born again life, the new creation life, and you're alive and you know you're alive, but sometimes it's hard for the body to keep up with the things of the spirit. It says that the flesh is all, it says the flesh is weak, but the spirit is always willing. But I want to talk about what happens when you you're, you're there's no vision from God. You're you're feeling like you're running on empty because see this really this this really moved me. You know, I was really praying about Lord, I really want to give a message, but I'm not quite sure. And I'll tell you something, there's no better message ever than what I ex I'm experiencing myself not just what i read not just what i heard from somebody else but what i am truly experiencing and then going to god about it isn't it true i mean you know how you can listen to a story and you're like well that's good but when somebody is giving a testimony and you're like let me tell you what happened to me your ears perk up see that is how we are to speak to one another I mean, yes, we want the anecdotes. We want to share the testimonies. We want to talk about what happened to our friends and all these things. But, you know, there comes a point where in our humanity, uh, we are going to feel tired. And we're not going to have that vision. We're not going to have that enthusiasm. And, and I just want to talk about that because it takes the almighty grace of God to take that next step where there is no vision, where there is no enthusiasm. You know, I love what Elizabeth Elliot said. She said, we're always so busy looking around the corner to think that life exists there when you're living in the life right now. And so much is lost. And I think hope lies in that, you know, because most people all everywhere in this world are having it hard and some people worse than others and then some people worse than that. And this life is not a friendly life, it's not an easy life. But I want to talk to you. I want to talk to the children of God. I want to talk to you who minister in the work of the Lord. And don't feel like, well, I don't have a ministry. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Well, Joni, I never get out. I never get around people. Yes, you do. You, you get around. You, can you get around God and pray? And stop judging yourself how you pray. And if you're lacking that vitality, that's what I'm here today to talk to you about. You know, there's we we need that almighty grace to take our next step, whether it's the next step of duty, whether it is. um an obligation, reading our Bible. Some people may say, yeah, but that's that's works. And I say, call it whatever you want. But if you're truly alive in Jesus Christ, your body, your outward man is perishing. It's not always going to want to do things. Like, you know how people say, well, you know, like the exercising community, they're the first ones that will agree. When you start exercising, your body, is in a, your body doesn't want to do it, okay? But once you start exercising, you feel better. But then there's days where you feel the wear and tear, whatever it is you're doing, because sometimes our bodies can be can get weak. So I'm not going to stay in that. I want to keep this flowing river. So it so in a sense. When I think about even doing these messages or maybe you give messages or Bible studies, 
I think it takes far more of the grace of God and a far more conscious drawing upon God to take that step than it does to just preach the gospel. I don't want to say just preach. But there is an action. There's something in us that we want to keep moving. Now, I fully believe in taking your rest. I love another thing Elizabeth Elliot said. She said, rest is a weapon of God. The last thing Satan wants is a rested saint. Isn't that true? Because he wants to keep you pushed and moved and, you know, marching to the beat of his stupid drum where he's telling you you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. Look, if you died today, every prayer you ever prayed to the Lord is eternal in the heavens and he will answer it. He's going to do it. Remember when I told you the words of George Mueller in his last uh, uh, interview? And the man said to him, so he's asked, so he says to him, so the Lord has definitely answered all your prayers. And he said, yes, you know, he, he has answered them. And he says, is there any other one that you, is there any one that he hasn't answered? He says, yes, but he'll answer. And he says, well, how do you know? You're, you're in your 90s. Um, he said, he said, how do you know he's going to answer it? And George Mueller said, because I asked him. See, I want everybody to just put down, take, take off their slavery clothes and adorn yourself with Christ. Christ is no slave driver. And you want to know what? I'll put it this way because I can only say it for myself. There's something in me, the greater in me, that pushes past the limitations of my flesh. And I'm well aware it's him. I love something Oswald Chambers says. He says, every Christian has to partake of what was the essence of the incarnation. He must bring the thing down into flesh and blood actualities and work it out through the fingertips. He says, we flag when there is no vision, no uplift, but just the common round, the trivial task. The thing that tells in the long run for God for men is the steady steady working is that there's a steadiness in what you're doing and it's not because anybody's watching it's not because you even feel guilty or or there's you're unhealthy in your spiritual walk because i'll tell you something everything in me even when i'm sick or when i'm tired i'm telling you i'm like i don't want to miss out on anything i hate idle time i just hate idle time and it has nothing to do with me like i gotta do a video i gotta do this it's like you don't understand I'm telling you right now, you know how you breathe involuntarily? You're not telling yourself, well, I better breathe again <gasps> and then breathe. I've got to breathe again. And no, because when you're alive, you serve him involuntarily in your spirit, man. And the limitations of your flesh, God gives you that almighty grace that you may join with his spirit, that you may go hand in hand with Christ. Now I want to talk about the persevering of it, of the unseen. It's a lot harder than, and staying with it, than the outward life. Though we do have outward things, and many of you have an outward life, that is difficult. But I'm talking about the spiritual, because the outward takes over the spiritual. And next thing you know, we don't even know, we can't even open up our mouth to say, dear Lord Jesus, and our everything drops. 
I want to read from 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10. It says, we then, and that would include, include you and me. I don't see where it says just those or anybody else. It says, if you're alive, you know, I was thinking of that scripture in bed this morning in 2 Timothy 2, 15. It says, if any man, it says, um, study to show thyself approved unto God. You know, and I thought about that. Show yourself to God. Show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, you know, there's such a powerful joy in just reading his Bible, not trying to gather information from it, not trying to frame up some sermon from it, but that you're eating it. I think of those words in Jeremiah 15. I think it's verse 15. He says, thy words were found and I did eat them. And they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. I mean, when you eat something, you're taking it in. And if it's good and better than good, he says, it is the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. He says here, we then as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation, have I secured thee? That's an old English way of saying helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. And he goes into what the approval process is. See, because when you are truly born again and you have a heart to work, I don't care if you're changing diapers. I don't care if you're cleaning office buildings in the middle of the night or if you're a military personnel and you're in the middle of some godforsaken country or and you are alone with him. And, and all these different people all over the world, no matter where you are, no matter what nation you are at, that you are a true minister of the, of the, of the word. If you, if you love the Lord, then you have that ministering spirit, the Holy Spirit living in you. Just get to know his word well. And in those times where there is no vision and no enthusiasm, no uplifting, the greater that seed that's in you, he'll bring you to life. He'll quicken your mortal body. He'll quicken you. A quickening comes in. But it says here, in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. So I like how he says that, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. He says, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses in stripes and imprisonments and tumults in labors in watchings in fastings by pureness by knowledge by long suffering by kindness by the holy ghost by love unfeigned by the word of truth by the power of god by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left you know i would i would read through um but i don't want to read a lot today so I want you to get a picture of what it really means to be a true believer, because 
if you are really alive in the in the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever you are doing in life, um, the Holy Spirit in you is that light, right? And so when you're alive and you're going out into the world and you're in your family and you're praying for people that you love and you're praying for co-workers and you're praying for even your enemies, you're, the enemy is going to withstand you. And so you're going to feel pushback. And that power is exhausting to the human body. Because if you are truly minister, a minister of God, that means you're ministering in prayer. That means you're ministering to them and well do. And, and it says like in that scripture in Second Peter, I know in First Peter, I believe it's 4, 16, it says, but if it be God's will for you that you, that you suffer, let him commit his will unto God. As, as in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Meaning, even when things are rough and not going well, commit yourself unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established in Proverbs, King Solomon said. So where am I getting with this? Is that we, we are in this life, we have been given this ability by God that we can we can do a work and fashion ourselves as instruments of God. He fashions us rather. And the approving of ourselves in all things as the ministers of God, it can only happen in patience because it's building your character. And look, in, in afflictions, because we are going to be afflicted. We are going to be afflicted with everything. We are going to know what it is to have necessities. We are going to have distresses. Look, that's this life. But what the Lord has been really showing me over the last couple of days, he's been showing me a great victory coming for you and for me. That this war that we are in, this life that we are in right now may seem really hard to you. And I'm not going to minimize anything you're going through. I'm not going to blow smoke and say, oh, every year you're going to have victory. No, listen, God captures every one of your tears. He knows what you're facing. He knows everything about you. I want to keep going. I want you to hear something. It's in Hebrews 11:32 through 40. We call that the Hall of Faith chapter. And it says, and what shall I more say? Starting, at, I, I guess I said 32 through 40. And it says, what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. You know, I look at that part and I say, you know, there's something God has been just showing me in the spirit. See, this fight is a valiant fight because Christ fought this war and he won it. He won it. And he stands on the side of the saint. And he is not going to let you down. And you know how you get strong in the war I was talking about, but approving all things. It says in this in necessities and all things approving ourselves as ministers 
of God. And so we know that how we do it is in the daily life, in the necessities, in the patience, in the long suffering, in the afflictions, in all of that. Because when we're going through all of those things and things become too heavy for us, there is one that we go to. Because Jesus says your burdens that you're carrying, he wants them, give them over. Give them over to him because it is a very real exchange. But I notice that he says here, back to Hebrews, he says that through faith they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, all these things. But it says out of weakness, the key thing I want to pull out is out of weakness they were made strong. They waxed valiant in the fight. You know, I'll tell you something. It says the women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted torment, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. They said the world wasn't even worthy of them. And look at these people. Look at their faith. And don't say to yourself, I wish I had that faith. Yes, God, God, if you don't have faith, ask God to give you what you don't have. I want to talk to you about another thing. I learned something <clears throat> and I've been meaning to make a video of it and I wanted to title it, Pray the Opposite. And I had been praying, uh, this was a few months ago, and I felt worn out where I was just praying and praying and praying for years for certain people. And, you know, I just felt worn out. I was like, wow, you know what? I said, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm going to continue praying. Do you know something? I knew that in my heart that God had stopped me in the middle of a prayer. I was saying something like, Lord, I've been praying for so-and-so for so long. When are they going to open their eyes? You have to be the one that opens their eyes. When are they going to stop being lukewarm? When are they going to turn to you, Jesus? When, Lord? How long, oh Lord? Just and true. And I heard him tell me these words, pray the opposite. Because I was saying, um, Lord, they they don't show time. They they don't they say they're a Christian, but they're fruitless. And I was going over the negative things that they're not doing. And he stopped me dead in my tracks. He said, pray the opposite. So I said, I thought about every word that I was saying about this person. So I said, knowing that they were lukewarm, I said, Lord, give, make them hot for you, Jesus. Lord, usually then I would say that person never reads a word. Lord, give them a heart to read your word. Just never see any evidence of prayer. Lord, wake them up to pray, stir them up. And so I started praying. And you want to know what? Right away I saw. The difference and so I have exercised that into practice and 
he has honored that. That when I have prayed, instead of, and it's fine to get before the Lord and say, I'm really frustrated with this person and this and this as they've done to me. And it really hurts my feelings. Get it out. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be clogged. You're not going to be able to flow. Get it out. But don't stay on it. And the negative things about that person that are real, pray the opposite for them. Ask the Lord if they're, if they're impatient, say, Lord, I pray that you bless them with your comfort and your peace and give them godly patience. If they're mean, say, Lord Jesus, pour in your love. Bring comfort to their heart. Help them, Lord God, with your presence. Like just pray the opposite. And you know what? I actually experimented, but it wasn't just an experiment. I really wanted that for these people. But I noticed that there was more power. There was that almighty grace that I spoke about earlier. That almighty power in that prayer. Because you see, so many times we're praying in circles, aren't we? And then we wind up flat on our back and we're like, we're not doing what they did. We're not, we're not subduing the kingdom of the enemy. We're not, uh, we haven't wrought righteousness. We're not obtaining promises. We're not stopping the mouths of lions. We're not quenching the violence of fire. And we're not, we're not even escaping ourselves from the edge of the sword. Because you know why? We're trying in our own strength, which is weakness. Because listen, Jesus already knows all about everything. I say, go for the gold, go for the throat, go for the thing, grab onto it. Let me tell you something. Um, the Lord spoke to me and said something really powerful to me. And, and it was a couple, not couple mornings ago. And it was so strong and clear that he did not want me to say one word to him. I have never in my life felt his presence like that. And he showed me, told me some things. And afterwards, I felt just to be quiet. And the only thing I can do was just sit there in quietness. And later on, it took three hours and I felt his presence go. Look, all of these people lived in the same world same earth that we do and god will honor your mustard seed faith and it's not because you get up and you do a bunch of things but i'll tell you one thing whatever you're lacking don't try to build up in some froth to get it but say to him lord lord i need your peace because i'm full of fury and wrath not wrath but I'm mad right now and I'm really hurt. Whatever the thing is, I'm going to share another story. There was one time I was praying uh, for one of my children. And I was really worn out. And I had been praying for months. And there was one day that I wanted to really ward. I was like home alone. I had this window of opportunity. And I felt it in my heart like I'm ready to war. But there's something in me. I said, you know what it is? I have no faith. Like I feel empty. Like there's no faith in me. And I said, and all of a sudden I said, how can I fight if I have no faith? I feel like I'm just blurting out empty words, meaningless words that have a, a sound to it. But it's like a, a dull thud. There's no echoing into the heaven. There's no force behind it. And there's nothing that's filled up with it. And I was aware of it. And I was like, what do I, what do, I do, Lord? I said, I, 
I said, there's, I'm praying for him. I know what's happening in his life today and I need to pray, but I have no faith. And then it came into my mind, something I had read many years ago where Charles Spurgeon had said, and I know the Lord gave that to me. He said there was one day he felt that he had no faith at all and he was struggling in prayer and he cried out loudly to God. He said, help me, Lord. I have no faith. Give me faith. He said the moment he said that, he said the power of faith came in and he was released and he could release his spirit. And that came into my mind and I ran into my room and I knelt down next to my bed and I said, look, I don't have any time. I'm not going to flower it up. I'm not going to try to personalize it. And I recognize who said it first, but I'm grabbing onto it. And I yelled out, I was home alone so I could. I said the same words. I said, Lord Jesus. I said, I have no faith. I said, I ask you now, give me faith. Give it to me now. And I'm telling you, within three seconds, pow, it came into my being. And I felt that power of the endless life. I felt the vigor of the valiant Holy Spirit, that valiant fighting. Uh, spirit and I got up and then I was able to go forth into war against the enemy. See, he gave me what I did not have. So don't feel like you have to, you know, roll around before him in the dust. You're not a beggar. You're a child of the house. Ask him to give you what you do not have. Because I'll tell you, we're entering into a time right now where you're going to want He's going to need you to be strong. In fact, you know what he said to me yesterday in clear words? He said, I want you to be strong. I want you to like strength in my body. And I knew that that was a thing because it wasn't just that that day. Because I felt great yesterday. Like I felt strong. Like I felt good. But I knew what he meant. Meaning for what is coming. I He said to me, I need you to be strong. And so, Lord, I said, strengthen me, Lord, for what is coming. Strengthen me, Lord, because I believe that we are headed into the greatest fight as Christians, as the true believers of Jesus Christ, into a true end time war. Now, don't let that scare you. The Lord is on your side. You're on the winning side. You know, let me put it to you this way. One day, I, I was in that same battle for my son. and. And I, I, and I remember again, there was one morning and I was in bed and I said, Lord, I'm so tired. I said, I feel like I'm cast down. And I heard him immediately say, if you are cast down, then I am cast down. And that's not possible. And I understood there's no casting down of Christ. Satan is cast down and he wants to cast you and me down. And then he wants to tread all over us. But you want to know what? It's by faith that we subdue his kingdom, not by a bunch of screaming, yelling, reading extra books, but it's taking your position in Jesus Christ and making up your mind. You know, I was relaying to a friend of mine today I was talking to and I was telling this person that I had this dream a few months ago where me and this other person were fleeing from the enemy. I mean, from the real enemy, not an enemy in the flesh, but from the enemy. And 
and I'm not going to get into the whole thing. I don't want to do that. <clears throat> and I remember we, I ran, I said, go into this house. And we ran into this house. It was a random house so we could hide. And then I saw a man that was sitting on a couch and he was a big man and he wasn't a real man. He was a man. He was an evil spirit that was posing as a man. And the woman that was with me was like me saying, oh, we're really sorry. And I put my hand out like that, like be quiet. And that man said to me, looked right at me, that evil spirit. And he said to me, we know who you are and we are going to kill you. And I felt that same force of power come up within me. And I said, oh, no, you're not. I said, and I'm not afraid of you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't fear you. And I knew it was his power in me. And moreover, the Holy Spirit was letting that spirit know that he could not touch me. And that thing sat there in the dark and it laughed. And I could see its mocking face, I think. And I woke up and I said, thank you, Lord. You see, it's more than just God getting you through a day, getting you through an hour. It says you're going to see there's a fight that you're fighting right now that the reward is be so glorious and so wonderful. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to be rewarded. And, you know, I can hear you saying now, some of you, well, I'm not doing this to get a reward from the Lord. You're hearing me wrong. The reward is Christ. We've already, in a sense, I believe, been given our reward and that eternal life has been given to us through the life of his son. He is the reward, the exceeding great reward, as Abraham said it to him. I mean, God said, actually, God said that to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I am thy exceeding great reward. But what I'm saying, he was not going to forget your labor of love and the love that you have shown and the humility that you have shown. You know, you, you, I think maybe you don't really know how many times you've subdued the kingdom of God. Or how many times you've wrought his righteousness and obtained his promise through faith. Or how many times you've stopped the mouths of lions where you've prayed for a person somewhere out there. Or where you've quenched the violence of Satan's fire because you were praying against something that was coming against your house and your finances. And where you escaped the edge of the sword because God gave you hinds feet to get up upon thine high places. And then you begin to realize that out of that weakness that you had, you were made strong and val you waxed valiant in the fight. Meaning you grew and you grew stronger and you grew stronger. I believe this is the hour now that we're entering into where you will do exploits in God. and. All that weakness that you're feeling, I'm not doing rah-rah, I don't do that. I'm telling you, what I'm knowing I'm hearing from the Lord, that he will and is going to strengthen you because there is a war that we are in and we've always been in one. In fact, every time you've ever prayed, it's a war, it's war because you're fighting against unseen forces. You're, you're keeping a steady, persevering work in the unseen. And it's that perseverance. It's something that clicks inside of you that goes, I don't care how bad I feel. Even if I whisper a few words to the Lord, I'm not going to be pushed out of the field of battle. Even if I'm laying on my bed, amen, 
I'm going to allow my thoughts of my heart to arise unto the Lord, my columns of smoke coming out of the wilderness, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense and all the powders of the merchants. There's something in you that as you're waxing valiant in the fight, you're starting to get scrappy. You started, you gain wisdom in the fight. You start to become fearless and you are well aware that none of it has come from you, but that you have been conditioned by the Holy Spirit. You're being made sharper. You're, he, you hear him quicker. He's quickening you in your heart, in your mind, and he's opening his word to you. And now you're reading his word. You know, I'll tell you something. There is a steady, persevering work of the unseen. It's nothing to get up and say, I'm going to read from this chapter. Anybody can do it. But I'll tell you something. I want to stand with them. It says, they re they are waiting for us. It says, it says, and these all having obtained a good report through faith, faith, they're in heaven now. They haven't received the promise yet because God has provided something better for us that they without us should not be made perfect. So I want to know, and you want to know, and don't try to grade yourself. Don't try to judge yourself. You'll fall into the hands of the enemy. Let it go. Whatever he's given you to do, do it with all your might as an unto the Lord. And then you tell that enemy, get away from me. I'm going in the name of the Lord. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. Therefore, I shall not be moved wherever I'm going. He's going ahead of me. He's preparing my path. He's compassing my path. And when I get home at night and I go to bed, he's compassing my lying down. Because he loves you and he loves me. And he is not going to have his name dishonored because you put your trust in his name. And so all that you do, keep in mind, he's going to uphold it for the very merit and honor of his own name. I want to stand with them because it sure does feel like we're wandering in the mountains and in dens of the caves sometimes. But just because you don't hear his voice or you don't feel his presence, praise the Lord for that almighty grace, for that beautiful, almighty grace to take you to the next step where there is no vision and there is no other person. You know, I told the Lord this morning, I said, I'd rather feel nothing for the rest of the uh, rest of my life. Then lean upon the arm of flesh and get some cheap filler. I'd rather wait on the Lord and hear nothing but silence and go about doing his will, knowing what his will is, because I know what his word says, because I'm not a baby anymore. And I don't have to be, you know, coddled. I know what he wants. You know, I read Psalm 119 today, and I kept reading in every place in his way, the way of righteousness, the way of truth, uh, the way I run into, you know, the, the way of his commandments. You know, I thought, man, I'm going his way. And I thought, listen, King David was a king. But he said, I am small and despised. I'm small and despised. But you know what? When you're small and despised, you're exalting the Lord. Because you're going lower and the low places are the high places. So I want to remind you, I'm going to go now. Remember the steady, persevering work of the unseen. 
is going to bring a valiant, powerful joy that eclipses anything that you could ever know on this earth. There is a glory and there is a joy. I'll tell you something. There is a marriage supper and we're soon going to sit at his table. But you know what I think to myself? There is a banqueting table for his worker, for his soldiers, for his workers. You know what? Don't put off your armor. Keep your armor on because your armor is the clothing of Christ and Christ cannot be defeated. Just like he told me, if you are defeated, then I am defeated and that's not possible. Amen. Put your trust in the Lord. They that trust in the Lord, mercy shall surround them. Let that be you for his name's sake.